0: Hey, Journey listeners, Mission Producer Hillary here with a bit of housekeeping. From now on, I'll be the voice you hear narrating the stories of these incredible entrepreneurs. I've been working behind the scenes on the show since its inception, and it's my pleasure to begin my own journey as the host of this show. I hope you love these new episodes as much as I've loved telling them. Life is volatile. Your closest relationships sometimes end. Your promising business can fail in an instant. The highest highs pave the path for the lowest lows. Life's twisted version of Murphy's Law has a habit of sending you into a tailspin. All the things you thought would never happen wind up staring you in the face. But these challenging, I don't know if I will survive situations present us with the opportunity to learn our most enduring lessons. And for Ian Morris, the CEO of Market Leader, one of those lessons hit hard in 2008 at the peak of the Great Recession.
1: You know, people look back at it and they say to me things like, yeah, you really, you were tenacious, you had a couple of tough years there. And I look at them and I say, actually, um, it was more than five. It wasn't a couple. It was brutal. And to be growing like that and having everything, you never feel like everything's cutting your way because you've got big aspirations. But the reality is you look back at it and you like, wow, we were really doing some great stuff and You know, we built a company and, you know, you're friends with most of those people when you start as a startup and you bring out a company and you create a culture. And the next thing you knew, after years of success, um, I was driving layoffs and, you know, um, took a company down.
0: When Ian took a chance and joined the Bellevue, Washington-based lead generation platform in 2002, it was during a period of massive growth for the company, one that would eventually lead to an IPO. But when the market collapsed in 2008, his firm went from one of the fastest growing companies in the country to one that nobody believed would survive. It was a scary time. There were layoffs and long, restless nights. Ian wondered if he was in the right position to lead the company. But Ian, who is now the CEO of Likewise, learned something through that tumultuous period with Market Leader. He had to trust his instincts. There are always exciting things happening in the world of small business. The news that grabs the headlines though are always the highlights, the overnight successes, the billion dollar IPOs, the massive exits. But just like your Instagram feed, that's never the whole story. Let's look deeper than the headlines and the press photos. Underneath all of that is the real work building something valuable and lasting. Don't get me wrong, I love crazy success stories and can be drawn into those big flashy tales just as much as the next person. But we all know that what's more important than the destination is how you get there. It's the struggles you have to overcome and the insights you learn along the way that make you who you are. So those are the stories we're telling. It's raw, it's honest, and maybe it's exactly what you need to hear. I'm Hillary Georgie, and this is The Journey. Growing up in New Jersey in the 1980s, Ian had always envisioned himself working on Wall Street. But like many 18 year olds, after starting college, he found that his interests actually were leading him elsewhere.
1: I realized I loved the people aspect of it. and I started to realize as I thought through what I thought I wanted, that Wall Street and stock market and all that stuff was much less about getting things done through people and that I wanted to have that leadership. I wanted to have that peer to peer relation. So I switched and, and really was focused on how do I become an entrepreneur over time.
0: Eager to get a taste of the real business world, Ian couldn't wait until after college to start a company of his own. He wanted to start learning now and begin operating not just one, but several businesses, which he did while he was in college.
1: I went to Bryant University and they had a very interesting thing that really didn't exist in many other places as near as I could tell where there were some student run businesses that were completely separate of the university. So it was a different kind of independence than you would get from a student club or things like that. Um, and I got involved with that, with that early. There was a restaurant, there was a kind of a retail store, not the bookstore, but a competitor to the bookstore. Um, I got involved and was kind of very passionate about it, um, as only like a, you know, a 19 or 20 year old can be. And I was running that organization about a year in, but I also then started, we started, this is dating myself, but started a campus travel agency under that umbrella, took over the student vending contracts from an outside vendor. So there were a bunch of things like that, took over the student directory, which at the time was a nice advertising business. So I got a lot of great experience all in all was about a hundred employees, which was clearly beyond anything I ever imagined at that age, but it really gave me a taste for entrepreneurship. And um, it, it it took all the it took all the mystery and the fear out of business. I just decided as I did it and made lots of mistakes that none of it was was really that hard. It wasn't as hard as a difficult high school or college class. It was a lot of instinct and a lot of people skills and If you have an analytical mind and you have good people skills, you can get a lot done. And that really fueled my passion for business and for entrepreneurship. And I I never really looked back from there.
0: Inspired by his success at Bryant, Ian enrolled in business school at Harvard. And at the same time, the internet was emerging as a major cultural force. Ian's entrepreneurial antenna went up. While he didn't have a technical background, he could see that the internet was the front lines of innovation and he wanted in on the action.
1: I just got completely wrapped up in it, even though I had no technical background whatsoever. I just looked at that and thought, well, this is the late 1800s and this is the railroad and nothing doesn't get impacted by this. And I got an offer from uh, Microsoft to work on the first launch of what was then called the Microsoft Network, which was at the time, if you can take yourself back that far, it was a competitor at AOL and Prodigy was a dial-up service right at the beginnings of the internet. And I, and I just decided that, yes, I could do something on my own. And yes, I might be successful or I might not be. But for somebody with no technology experience to get an opportunity to go work on the launch of a massive product from you know probably the most dominant company uh, in, in the United States or in the world at that time, certainly one of them, coming into a space as an underdog. I just thought there was too much to learn there.
0: Joining Microsoft is not what most people would characterize as an entrepreneurial move, but it was a decision that gave him the chance to get his feet wet in tech and would prove to set him up for success later in his business journey.
1: I planned on staying a year or two max. Um, That became seven years. Uh, But one of the things that really led that direction of, of staying longer than I expected was one, I mean, it was just super smart people, passionate people. It was, it, it, it was a bit of a drug to work with people who are, you know, that smart and passionate, and just wanted to win. Um, that was, that was a really fun time um, to be in technology via be at Microsoft. But the other was, I never did end up in what you would call a big group or, you know, it, it was all entrepreneurial. So everything I got there fed the entrepreneurial drive, not, not the other direction.
0: Still, Ian had always wanted to be at a smaller company, one that he could lead. That possibility presented itself after seven years at Microsoft, when he was approached by a company that would eventually be called Market Leader. They were looking to, quote unquote, bring somebody in as a number two person with the potential to be a number one person. Ian thought that was a compelling opportunity. He saw the potential of the business and a chance for him to help build something from the ground up. But not everyone saw what he did. This was around the time that the dot-com bubble had burst. The industry was in a state of uncertainty, and people Ian knew were looking for the security of an established company like Microsoft. So the idea that he might leave that life raft seemed crazy to some of his colleagues.
1: I know it's hard to imagine today, but there was a period of time for a couple of years there where, you know, All of the smart money was saying the Internet was a passing fad. It was dead. There'd be no Internet advertising and so on. So everyone who had left big companies were going back to them. And here I was telling my team that I was leaving um, for a dot com. And I had some just, to me, shocking conversations. I found out how conservative many of my peers were because they thought I was crazy.
0: While his colleagues questioned the wisdom of his move, especially as someone with a wife and family to provide for, Ian saw a risk worth taking and one that he believed he could recover from, even if it didn't pay off.
1: To me, it was not about, you know, whether this is going to succeed or not. It was about, I thought it had an opportunity to succeed. I thought um, house values could be something very interesting. I thought the fact that the market was, you know, in such turmoil tends to create great opportunities. And it just it was a perfect fit. The risk part was interesting to me because I, I hadn't realized that I was much Less risk averse than many of my peers. I remember a conversation with, with a key person on my team. I think he was the first I told I was leaving. And he looked at me just with a look of total shock. And he said, Isn't you have a child and isn't your wife pregnant with a second? And I, and I was just, it just seemed like he couldn't believe it. And I thought, you know, I, this might succeed, it might fail, but I'd like to think I have some skills. And even if, even if this didn't work out and I was out of work for a few months, I would find something else interesting and compelling to do. So that was kind of that was an interesting lesson. Looking back, I think there might have been a contrarian aspect to that as well, where, you know, if people are running one way, you should really look at the other way because um, it's higher risk, but it's dramatically higher reward.
0: The gamble paid off. After about a year at Market Leader, Ian took over as CEO. Under his leadership, the company experienced rapid growth—a level of success that was as challenging as it was rewarding. Soon, Market Leader was one of the fastest-growing tech companies in North America.
1: We grew the business um, from about, I think, it was about twenty million to one hundred and five million in less than twenty-four months. So, I, I, I think everybody should get to do that once. It was quite—it was a thrill. It was. Some of the hardest I've ever worked. I mean, you look back, you know, fondly on those things. But the reality is, that kind of growth can be, you know, brutal. We're working nonstop, but you're loving it because it's it's going in the right direction.
0: He'd gotten far, trusting his instincts, but when the market collapsed in 2008, he found himself unable to sleep, doubting at times whether he was making the right choices.
1: After years of success, I was driving layoffs, and you know. Um, took a company down. We took it up from nothing to almost 600 people. Uh, after the the real estate market collapsed, we took it to a low of 140 people. Um, it wasn't all it wasn't all layoffs because you have natural attrition in a period like that too. But it was a couple hundred layoffs, and it was miserable. It just permeates your emotions and your personal life. And you know, I definitely thought a lot that you know I was not the right person for this.
0: After the break, Ian shares what it was like getting Market Leader back on track, how he found his way to Likewise, and what he learned about being a leader as he made his way through those tough times.
2: It takes a lot to grow a business, but one thing's for certain. You've got to have a laser focus on the customer. That's why we use Salesforce Essentials at Mission Every Day. With Essentials, Your small business has access to the same CRM tools driving results for some of the world's most successful companies. Think Adidas, Amazon, T-Mobile, Toyota, Intuit, Marriott, and tens of thousands more. Track your business health by measuring sales, emails, customer satisfaction, and custom metrics. Go to essentials.salesforce.com to start your two-week trial today.
0: after the 2008 market crash, ian and his company, market leader, struggled to regain their footing. with more than 75% of the staff gone, morale was low, and helping his team right their ship taught ian a valuable leadership lesson.
1: it's easy to look back when when everything turned out great and say ah, you persevered and each and paid off, but you don't know that's going to happen. Um, and that that's the part that's so hard is and i think what i learned about leadership through that period was just you need to be selling all the time. Sometimes you need to sell yourself so you can sell others because you know when things are headed downward, not for a month or a quarter, but for many years, selling in a big growth vision to people, uh, to people you see every day who are in the same meetings with you is really hard. But if you don't do that, you're not gonna have the people left to turn things around. So you have gotta be willing to make the tough calls. You also have to make sure you're doing every possible thing you can to sell people on the ongoing vision, and that means believing in it yourself. And sometimes that's really hard when things never seem to be going your way. After a number of challenging years, we turned market leader around. We got it growing very rapidly again. Um, you know, we we're a public company, so it took a while for Wall Street to figure it out. But once they did, they chased the stock up, and um, that it was great to be back on such a strong track. And we were approached uh, in the market, and and eventually sold to. Uh, to Trulia.
0: After selling the company to Trulia, he decided to move on. For a couple of years, he spent time doing board and advisory work for various companies and taking some well-deserved R and R after a dozen roller coaster years at market leader. And so, when a friend approached him with the idea for a startup that would become Likewise, Ian immediately turned him down.
1: My initial response was, "No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing." my wife's initial and ongoing response was, you know, don't don't do it. You're happy. Things Things are really going well. You don't realize how happy you are. Like, you're relaxed. You're not as wound up as you were for all those years.
0: But after a while, his sense of enterprise kicked in again, especially since the idea had the backing of Bill Gates.
1: The more we talked about it, the more compelling I found the idea. The fact that Bill was behind the idea, not just financially, but he really liked the idea of what we were trying to do, and felt like there was, you know, there was a great opportunity here. I thought, you know, this is this is a sign. I wasn't looking to get back in and run a company um, in the near future, but I looked at that and thought, you know, you, you you get so many opportunities in life, and this seemed like one that was a big swing, really, really challenging problem um, that hadn't been solved, but one that would likely get solved by somebody and i thought it's a great opportunity and i may regret it if i don't if i don't at least go after it and throw everything at it
0: ian followed his instincts again the startup which launched in 2017 combines machine learning and social recommendations built for your taste in everything from books to tv shows
1: it's a combination of fun and social with a very pragmatic and useful recommendation source because i have everything i need all in one place as far as what my next Book I'm going to read is what shows that I want to watch, and so on.
0: The idea is to help people find their next favorite thing and pursue their passions. If that sounds familiar, it's because that's what Ian Morris has been doing his entire career: finding something he's passionate about and going after it, even when it's challenging or risky.
1: I think the most important thing for anyone um, that you don't start to realize until you're later in your career is really getting to know yourself. Um, what you do and don't do well, the parts of the job you like and don't enjoy, which usually goes pretty well hand in hand with with um, what you're good at and what you're not. Um, I think I had to learn over time what those things were that I really enjoyed and really added a ton of value to versus the things that I just felt like were part of the job.
0: By following his passion, educating himself, building teams that saw his vision and trusting his instincts, Ian was able to grow a business from $20 million to $205 million and save it when doom seemed inevitable. Then he went on to build another successful business later. In a study conducted in 2018, a group of economists collected the results of users of a sports betting and prediction service the entire dataset included 57,000 predictions of score outcomes. The economists found that if a user changed his initial prediction, he was more likely to be incorrect. Not only that, but the larger the gap of time between the initial prediction and the revised prediction, the larger the likelihood was that the user would be wrong. It's cliche to say, trust your gut, follow your passion, listen to your instincts, but there's so much scientific data And there's endless anecdotal evidence, including Ian's experience, that proves just how important and how right your instincts often are.
2: Succeeding as a startup, solo founder, or any small business is an uphill battle. It takes the right mindset and the right tools. That's why we're thrilled to partner with Salesforce Essentials to bring you the journey. Managing one podcast, let alone a whole media studio, is a challenge to say the least. But Essentials makes it easy to maintain relationships and grow our business. With Essentials, your startup has access to the same CRM driving insights and results from the world's most successful companies. Use unrivaled Salesforce technology to track customers, sales, emails, and more. You'll know where your business is and you'll know where it's headed as you chart the path for your journey. We love using Essentials and we know you will too. Go to essentials.salesforce.com to start your two week trial today.